I've been following Coracle for a while. You know, I've seen it uh, obviously on Noster. A lot of people talking about it, and I've, I've played with the client on the web. But you know, I'd love to sort of back it up and hear a bit of your story. I've, I've read actually, you've got tons of great blog posts about this, but I'd love to hear kind of your story just from, in your own words, what uh, what drew you to Noster and sort of what was your your journey to get here? Yeah, so. Um... Uh, 2020 losing its mind was kind of a, a turning point for me, Sh shook me out of a lot of complacency and kind of just uh, coasting uh, beliefs, uh, just having fun with my life, uh, basically. Um, and then in terms of Noster, um, the Hunter Biden article at the New York Post uh, was was kind of related to the social media side of things for me. Um, you know, I expected that of Facebook, uh, but not really of Twitter. Twitter's whole ethos is openness and journalism. Mm -hmm. So that was surprising. Um, I, I did a deep dive into the decentralized social media landscape, uh, discovered Scuttlebutt, um, kind of played around with Mastodon, found a few other things, and then, uh, but nothing really was a, a very good solution. Scuttlebutt was cool, but obviously wouldn't scale. And so I sort of shrugged and just said, hopefully someone solves this. Um, a year later, I took stock again, did another deep dive into the decentralized social media landscape, didn't find anything new. So I said, well, I guess I'm somebody, so mm -hmm. I'll fix this problem. So yeah. in January of 2022, I sat down and just decided I'm going to write a decentralized social media protocol. Um, I have a 0% chance of success and it's a 10 year project. So mm -hmm. I'll just get started. <laughs> and so I worked on that. And then about two weeks later, I found Noster. Um, and it was really similar. Uh, basically the, the key insight for both of them was the multi-master setup. So my protocol was more, more focused just on social media. Noster, I, I guess kind of started that way, but it, it, it was a lot looser. Um, and so when I you say multi-master, are you talking about kind of the relay type configuration? Yeah, exactly. So in my, in my protocol, it was kind of, you know, relays were similar to home servers on Mastodon, except you could join multiple ones at the same time and your mm -hmm. profile was replicated across them. So it was really just like a step between Mastodon and Scuttlebutt. Um, nothing like Galaxy Brain, but uh, you know, it, it helped me recognize Noster for what it was early on. And then- um, So you kind of had I, a prepared mind going in. Yeah, yeah. And, but I resisted Noster for about 10 months uh, until in November, I finally threw in the towel, uh, realized that writing a social media protocol uh, by yourself is, uh, an exercise in futility. So why, why um, did you resist? I'm curious, were you, um, were you just wanting to have a different style or something that you'd sort of originated or, or was there something else that you just didn't like the direction it felt like it was going? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I looked at it and it seemed really incomplete. Right. And I think I realize now that that was by design. Um, the, the main thing I was looking for was, uh, sort of, rules about content replication across relays. So if I have a friend, so if I'm on relay A and B and I have a friend who's on B and C, um, C should replicate the content from A that my friend on B is interested in. So mm -hmm. if he sees something from me and he reacts positively to it, um, that, that content should get carried over to C. Uh, and then kind of propagate through the social graph that way. So servers kind of formed a much more central role in that, in my architecture. Mm -hmm. um, same basic architecture, but the orientation, uh, the emphasis was different. So the servers um, would talk to each other to coordinate where the content was? Yeah, and it was based on a, uh, it was based on a pull model. 
So right now, servers can push events to other relays, and I think that's a problem. Um, I don't want my relay flooded with stuff that users who are on my relay aren't uh, directly providing. Mm. I'd like my relay to be idiosyncratic. Um, and ultimately, I hope that's where Noster ends up. Who knows? Uh, you know, it's way too early to say whether that'll actually happen. But um, what, what is it that makes you want it to be idiosyncratic? Uh, well, so, you know, it's kind of the scaling problem. So it, as as the amount of content on Noster grows, if it's not partitioned uh, across relays based on some heuristic, you end up with either a random collection of content on a small relay or all the content on a single relay. So that has centralizing effects that has a lot of um, uh, kind of performance problems. A friend of mine used to work at Twitter and he at dinner at a dinner uh, party one time, he gave me a rundown of uh, uh, what Twitter's caching architecture looks like. Um, that's how good of a dinner guest uh, we are. <laughs> you know. uh, and Twitter's basically all edge caches, right? Mm -hmm. I, I post something, it goes into, um, let's see, it goes into a, a, uh, a, a write, I think it goes into a write queue um, and then gets basically just directly replicated to the edge caches, the read queues for um, all of er everyone who follows me because no one cares about me, right? But when like Donald Trump or Elon Musk or something uh, tweets, uh, that gets, uh, well, maybe I'm getting this wrong. That gets aggressively pushed to uh, all these like central edge caches uh, or like, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm butchering it, but it, it gets, it gets much more aggressively pushed to all the different places. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's, it's more highly replicated. Whereas uh, I, I guess maybe it's a, a smaller, a smaller, someone with fewer followers um, just puts it in one spot and then their followers can actually dereference that. So it's all about latency and batching and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And with a decentralized architecture, you just can't do that optimization on the fly. You can't, spin up a bunch of services because there's no coordination between uh, between members of the network. So keeping the relays idiosyncratic means that you have to do less uh, propagation of content or dereferencing of uh, URLs across the network. Um, and then, you know, uh, to facilitate that in my protocol, your, uh, there was a scheme for basically uh, uh, proving the path uh, that a um, an event has taken. So if I share my my event with a relay, instead of just having a signature on that, I would have an array with one signature, and then that relay would then sign that event and put that that second signature into that array of signatures, and so on through propagation. And so relays down the road could could say like, well, there's four signatures in this. That, that's too many hops. I'm not going to accept this this uh, um, this note. And then, you know, when you publish something to a relay, you would then sign the request as well. And the relay would say, okay, is the person signing the challenge the same as the person who signed the last entry in this event? If not, mm -hmm. I'm going to throw it away. So it gives, it gave relays the tools to defend themselves against spam, um, or if not spam, then at least, uh, you know, replication of content through, through the network. Um, so I think that's still an interesting idea. I think we could potentially learn from that. Um, I'm also not sure if that scheme would even work. Uh, there might be holes in it. Um, but yeah, that was, that was one of the main things, um, that and moderation. So I, uh, I reached out to Fiat Jaff back in like March of last year and was like, how is moderation going to work? Are you going to have, um, shared mute lists? Or are you going to have shared, uh, you know, are you going to do content recommendations through shared like, uh, like events or something like that? 
And it was just like, I don't really have a story for that. Uh, and, uh, so that was, that was why I stayed away for a while, but you know, people are, people have been talking about that since then. Um, people are talking about that on the GitHub repository. There's some nips in place that, uh, people are hashing through these things. So, um, I, I really am excited about Noster. I think it's because it's a much more open, flexible, evolving protocol. All of these problems are going to get solved one way or another, uh, in a way that a top-down architecture perspective uh, or approach couldn't do. Um, they they might be a little uglier, uh, ultimately, mm -hmm. but, yeah. um, you know, uh, the bottom-up approach is, is really attractive to me. Yeah, I, I was talking to a friend earlier today and kind of trying to explain to him about Noster and why I think it's interesting. And one of the things I was mentioning was that, you know, just like on the web, like HTTP and, you know, is sort of designed around bringing in documents but it's not really designed around having web apps or having like session state and all these cookies and e-commerce sites. We've just stuffed a bunch of stuff into this idea of a document because like we want apps and we've all agreed on HTTP. And I feel like that's kind of, there's an analogy somewhere for Nostra. It's like, it's just signed messages on relays and then everything else you have to sort of build around that core idea. Um, but, but you mentioned kind of around the relays having a bit of, I guess, like a, a purpose to them more than just kind of being maybe as dumb as they were initially proposed, or at least as they're kind of currently happening today. And I wonder if that's, do you have in mind that that would be both for read and for write, or do you think it's like everybody would be writing around a certain topic at a certain relay, but then anybody who's interested in that could read from it? Or how do you think about the dynamics there? Yeah, I think there's a whole bunch of different ways you can put that together. Um, so you've got, You've got public write, public read. Uh, you have public uh, write, private. Well, public write, private read doesn't make any sense. Um, although, yeah, no, I don't think that makes any sense. Uh, and then you've got uh, uh, private write, public read. And then you have private write, private write, uh, private read. Um, and so, you know, the the use cases I see for, for those things, uh, you know, there's probably lots more examples than I can think of, but like publishers, right? So you have a magazine. And in your magazine on your website, you have a relay URL and you just say, subscribe to our relay and look at the global feed to see our, our zine or whatever. Mm. Um, and that would be obviously a private, right? Public read. Um, and that could be, uh, that could be done kind of on the fly by, uh, certain public, uh, certain, uh, contributors who just publish their notes to that relay or publish certain notes to that relay or long form content to that relay. Or it could be done in sort of a aggregated way. So private write, uh, uh, public read, but with no actual writers. So it's a relay that's backed by uh, some kind of aggregator. So the aggregator goes around and says, I want this content, I want that mm -hmm. content, and then it copies it to its relay and then serves it. And so you get, you know, that's, that's a potential path to uh, curation without mm -hmm. any recommendation algorithm. You just say, what is this, what is this entity interested in? Uh, there's currently a NIP um, in in uh, kind of proposal state about uh, proposing um, recommendations using a, a pub key and kind of brokering uh, on the fly recommendations using relays as a uh, uh, yeah as a broker. I'm not really sure what I think about that. It's definitely a different approach than I had considered. Maybe more flexible, mm -hmm. but uh, but a lot more overhead. So um, you know, relays can also be dynamic too. Uh, I think Noster.wine has uh, played played around with this, where you just add like the some UUID at the end of your 
uh, relay URL and a maybe question mark broadcast equals true. And there you go. You have a virtual private relay. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are disposable basically. Um, and then, so, so for, um, private read, private write, uh, that's, that's a case for communities that are closed. And I think there's a strong argument for implementing groups this way. Mm -hmm. Um, group membership is super hard to do in a decentralized way. Right. Uh, everyone I've ever talked to, I ask like, you know, what is, uh, what, what, how can we do uh, cryptographic groups with, um, you know, key rotation and uh, ratcheting, forward secrecy, future secrecy, all that good stuff. And it's yep. like, who knows? <laughs> uh, I guess Signal has mostly figured that out. Um, but I think there's weaker guarantees for groups on Signal even than, on, right. than for direct message chats. Um, I have a friend who was at the, uh, the fellowship that I just finished up in mm -hmm. Austin, who is working uh, kind of just for fun on a... Uh, on a group chat application. And the way that he handles that is he doesn't even do any encryption. Um, he signs messages, but he has a uh, private peer to peer uh, network that is created between uh, participants. And the way he handles privacy is he just doesn't broadcast messages to the wrong people, uh, which is, it was, no, it was a novel idea for me that uh, you can just, you don't need encryption in order to actually achieve that. And so mm -hmm. the, the private, the fully private relays um, are one way to accomplish that. It's a little bit more of a blunt force instrument than his implementation was. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if I have like my five friends, my five close friends, we can just write whatever we want to this relay and read uh, with impunity because our, our pub keys are whitelisted on the, on the relays software. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, the the danger there uh, is that some client that you're using will end up reading that and then republishing it to other relays. Right. So right. I've I'm not sure how you would solve that necessarily. Um, one idea I had is that this private relay, well, it's trusted, right? So uh, we can increase the trust, decrease yep. the interoperability because we don't want interoperability, and so that relay could essentially just strip the signature field off of all the events. Mm -hmm. And then the clients would not validate the events. And then the clients, when they, if they try to republish them to other relays, the relays would reject, reject them. So that's the best idea I've come up with for the full, to really like support the full private use case. But yep. uh, yeah, that's cool. And then, you know, if, if we sort of zoom out from the relay stuff and just talk a bit about Coracle, like, um, I understand that you were working on kind of a protocol that may have been sort of similar in some ways to Noster. And then you finally sort of uh, got on board with Noster and decided to f start building Coracle. So I wonder, you know, what you were, you were pretty early from what I understand with, you know, on Brandly and you were playing with other clients. What were you sort of setting out to do, you know, sort of what was the goal of Coracle when you were starting that? Yeah. Well, the, the kind of blunt force uh, goal was um, fix Twitter. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's refined since then, you know, I've, as I've thought about what social media should look like and, and what's useful to people, I just think about the people that I know. Right. So I have a really strong church community. There's like 1500, 2000 people in it, in, in my location. And, um, we, we do a lot of commerce with each other, but with all, also with other local people. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, what are, what are the use cases that people use Facebook for? Uh, because normal people use Facebook, weirdos use Twitter. Uh, right. So I'm one of the few weirdos in my community that actually <laughs> uses Twitter. Um, 
And Facebook is, a, is, is basically boiled down to groups, uh, events and marketplaces. Yep. So if, if you can get to the point where you can have a private, uh, group where you share pictures, pictures of your kids or coordinate vacations, um, and then events that are invite only and private, um, that you can coordinate, uh, events like, you know, just camping, bonfires, whatever. Yep. Um, and you can buy and sell with people you trust, like who you're not afraid to go to their house and pick something up off of their porch. Uh, um, and with people you don't trust who you'd rather meet in a Walmart parking lot. Um, I think having something like that, uh, that's table stakes for normal people. Yeah. So that's sort of the, that's what I want to see happen. I'm right. not going to build all of that. Uh, but I'm glad people but, are already working on marketplaces. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's an interesting perspective because I think a lot of people who are approaching Nostra today are looking at kind of the broadcast you know, Twitter-like use case. And I think, you know, it sounds like some of that was exciting and interesting to you and what drew you in. But it sounds like you're very focused on these, like, more community and local use cases that I would say are, you know, maybe you're kind of saying more replacement for Facebook than replacement for Twitter in some ways. Is that kind of what your motivation or goals are? Yeah, that's what I've kind of come to. I wouldn't say focus is a very good word, but, okay. uh, <laughs> you know, the hype, the hype on Nostra is insane. Every week there's some other thing that you have to, uh, have to implement in order to keep up with everyone else. Uh, it's slowed down a lot. It's only every two weeks now. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> <Get a breather. laughs> but, but yeah, when, when you think about, um, like a, a Facebook, uh, crowd today might be, you know, seeking, you know, even simpler UXs and kind of more kind of handholding than maybe people who would be early to adopt something like Twitter, right? I feel like Twitter for its whole life has always been a little bit of a, a stranger place for people to kind of get their, you know, their heads around versus Facebook's like very easy and accessible and kind of feels, feels like a place that people can get into easily. So I wonder like, how do you, you know, if you're sort of addressing what may be a different audience or different use cases, do you, do you sort of think about ways to simplify the UX, you know, different ways to simplify maybe onboarding and to help people connect to these communities, or maybe you, do you talk about the key management early, or do you sort of defer that to later? How do you sort of think about, you know, all of these kind of, you know, the cypherpunk ideals, but applied to, you know, anybody, you know, kind of your, your neighbor next door? Yeah, that's a super good question. I don't know if I have much of an answer, uh, to be honest. Uh, I mean, you're right about what Twitter is like. I, it took me like 10 years to wrap my head around threads. Uh, Twitter is just very weird. I, I mostly didn't tweet for a long, long time. Um, and, and of course, Facebook by comparison with anything else is a total disaster. Notifications are broken. I've been using it for like marketing stuff at my day job and they're just every, their whole business suite is broken. Um, so it's, it's kind of nice to be competing against Facebook, even as, um, as ambitious as it is. I'm not sure Coracle is going to be a Facebook replacement. My goal with Coracle was mostly to figure out what the heck relays are and how to deal mm. with them. Yep. And I've made some progress on that. I, I'm not super satisfied that I've found the solution, but you know, that kind of sliding overlay thing, uh, the way I think about relays is as uh, layers in a Photoshop document. So you've mm -hmm. got, you know, 10 layers and they've got different elements in each of them. Um, and you can either isolate one layer and see what is there, or you can flatten the whole thing and see, uh, the entire picture. So with Noster, um, you select your 10 relays or whatever it is, and there's the flattened picture on your feed. But if you click on one of the little dots, it separates it out and you can see, 
uh, oh, you know, like these three posts are here or, and this is useful. It, it's not very useful right now, but it's useful because um, ultimately if relays uh, start to differentiate based on topics or a use case or community, then you can say like, what does, what, what do my like Marlon Brando fans to borrow a Fiat right. Jack original uh, have mm -hmm. to say about this? Was that his example? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he cites Marlon Brando a lot. And then uh, I think in the relay, uh, he has a, a, a bounty for uh, implement relay browsing somehow. Mm. Um, and in that he refers to the Beatles. Uh, so, I see. you know, what is, what does the Marlon Brando community think about the Beatles? Right. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, the, the whole idea of, of relays surfacing to users and kind of being more visible is, is super interesting because, you know, one way to think about relays is just kind of infrastructure that helps support the, you know, the avoidance of suppression of speech, but then, um, but if you start bubbling it up into the interface, you, you know, you sort of have to have some sort of analogy or kind of mental model to explain to people why you're surfacing this infrastructure piece. Yeah. And, and you mentioned a little bit, like maybe within a note, you might show which relay it came from, but how, how do you think you would try to explain to people what that means? Is it, is it like a server from discord or is it, you know, do we have other analogies that we've seen bubble up in this way that that could be useful here? I think subreddits on Reddit is a pretty promising mm -hmm. analogy uh, to bridge over. Uh, obviously, that doesn't cover everything, so it's somewhere between a subreddit, a Telegram channel, and like a Discord channel. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, because it's a hybrid of a whole bunch of different things, and relays could potentially differentiate into even more use cases. So like, it's a private group. Uh, that's a that's an entirely different thing. Um, that that's one thing I'm excited about with uh, Nostra being a protocol is you can build all these different apps on top of it yeah. and reuse the same primitives to support different uh, different use cases. So I don't know where that's going to go, but but relays, yeah, is definitely a huge hurdle for new users. Um, I think for new users, it's uh, relays, uh, public private key identity, and search. So search is like a relatively easy one, but that's actually the, been the biggest hangup. Um, on my onboarding flow, I have like an intro video. I say, we're going to generate a key for you. Uh, tell us your name, pick some relays, uh, choose some people to follow and send your first note. Um, and there's a little explanation on each of those. So people kind of make it through, but then the first thing they do, uh, it drops them on the feed and they're following a couple people. So it's like, great. The first thing every person I've tested this with does is click on the search button. Mm -hmm. And then they type someone's name, someone's real name into the search bar and right. nothing comes up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so how do you get past that? Um, I like what, uh, can't remember what it's called, but the, it, it showed up really early on. in I think December, the, the service that lets you add all of your Twitter um, or like verify your Twitter account. And I think add some of your contacts, mm -hmm. uh, who have verified their Twitter accounts. Oh, is this so, Nostra.directory? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So yeah. piggybacking on stuff in order to build that initial, uh, social graph is helpful. Mm -hmm. And then also in a couple different clients, including Coracle, there's the, there's the QR codes. And I think what would be really cool is to have another of those QR codes that has like a request to say, would you like to auto follow this person's entire follow list. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I onboard my wife and she can immediately be just all the way in to, uh, into Noster or maybe like choose a list to say yeah. like, this is my newbie list. 
these are the friends that I follow that this person might also be interested in following. And that way, when I invite someone, they're not automatically following all the Noster devs because uh, they don't care. <laughs> right, right, right. But they would be following all of the, all have, of our mutual friends. Have basically. you seen that project? I think it's called Lister.lol. Yeah, I can't remember. Just, I think it just came about. Like, oh I yeah, I say Jeff put it out there. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, it came out about, I think, about the same time that I added lists to Coracle. So oh, there was a uh, that was one of those weeks was uh, lists. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know everyone's forgotten about that now, but uh-huh. well, because that that seems like one of the that seems like a promising way to get you know this this user flow that you're talking about where people arrive, they go to the search box and they try to search for somebody's real name, and my guess is mostly they're just not finding any of the people that they're looking for, which is like reasonable for an early thing, but if lists can help guide them to areas where everybody is already gathering, maybe you can. You know, maybe you mentioned like you're a member of a, is it 1500 person church? Yeah. So yeah. if you had even a dozen people from that church who all knew each other showing up on a list with the name of the church, it presumably would be really easy to know that that's a good list to show and then get at least a dozen people connected. And I think once you get the ball rolling, then, you know, finding more and more is, is kind of easier. You know, yeah. Everybody totally. else who shows up already sees the activity hub. The ability to to follow things other than individual people, follow lists, follow topics. Um, right now, pet names is people oriented, but you know, I, I don't see why a client couldn't just start throwing other tags into pet names, and then clients that support non-people pet names would uh, be able to um, dereference uh, event IDs and uh, and and uh, auto auto follow people based on uh, you know a dynamic list maintained by someone else potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although I guess, well, yeah. If you if you reference an event ID, that would be one in that's uh, that's in um, a point in time, right? So you'd want to do the D tag, but then you don't know, don't know the pub key. I'm not sure how you would solve that. There's a there's that addresses nip, but I've never read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe maybe it's time to finally read it. You you mentioned a nip to me in our um, in our DMs, which I didn't even know is a real one. Is it 95? Yeah. Is it yeah, that so one's new that, that, like I went on I went on the GitHub and it's not even there yet. It ends at ninety four. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> so what is been, it's been in purgatory for uh I think months at this point. Uh mm-hmm. it's the one that's the one that's uh pretty well it's pretty controversial because it adds uh image uploads to Noster. So mm-hmm. um it allows uh it allows relays to actually host images. And um you know, the the pushback against it is that the implementation details that are specified right now are kind of messy, but also uh, asking relays to store large files in addition to a bunch of small uh, text content. It's like a whole different thing from a technical perspective. You have to spin up a whole different infrastructure in order to support that. Um, I personally think uh, the idea is great. The The novel thing about Noster is the, uh, the relay architecture, uh, which provides just particular database style characteristics and censorship resistant uh, characteristics. So applying that to files, um, I think is probably more important than applying it to tweets. Um, So at some point we should do this, maybe it'll be a separate protocol, but uh, since we have the topology and the infrastructure and the hype and everything on Noster, I don't see why we shouldn't go ahead and, and do this. 
Um, would that be like a different type of a server, like a middleware layer independent of relays that would be kind of media servers? Yeah, in this NIP, it's not. It's just relays, uh, but okay. it could be. Um, I have a NIP that I proposed, and uh, mostly people are not excited about it, but uh, it it basically proposes a routing layer um, to in the Nostra protocol, and that would be done by relays. So relays, relays would know about these extensions, so rather maybe than storing your files on a relay directly, you would store your files on some service that you that you discovered through the relays that you subscribe to. So you'd you'd basically say, "Hey relays, um, where should I store my files?" And you get three different answers across ten different relays, and you can choose one of those at random, or you can choose all three at the same time, and then you upload your files, and then do a NIP ninety four to tell all the relays about the file that you uploaded. Um, uh, so. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just totally lost my train of thought. Oh, we're but, just, um, just thinking about how file storage works. I, I think somebody, I've seen some mention about also considering BitTorrent-like uh, approaches to files. And I wonder if you sort of, you've explored that and dismissed it, or if the community's dismissed it, or if that's still kind of an active exploration or one of the proposals for how to do file storage. Yeah, I don't know that much about torrents. Uh, I know Fiat Jeff mentioned web torrents a while ago, but then I saw that he... Uh, he was dishing on torrents um, in uh, the podcast with NVK recently. Um, so it sounds like it's it's another kind of matter of latency and discovery. You're not necessarily going to find what you want if it's a file that is not uh, commonly requested, right? Because that's how torrents work. So if I mm -hmm. if I want to share the picture of my kid, um, you know, who's going to seed that for me? Uh, right. I have to be online and and seeding it in order for anyone to find it. Um, and they have to ask me, I think, in the first place in order to discover it. So I don't think it's really workable for, uh, you know, memes and one-off things. Right. But kind of the the nip that you were, was it 94, 95? Uh, 95. Yeah. 95. That would actually push it out to, say, three three different relays or three different media servers that would, would host it. So would every media item be kind of multi, like... It would, you'd kind of use that same redundancy and hosting and the availability optimization. Yeah, exactly. You would, uh, you would replicate the content. So it would be e even more expensive in terms of, uh, storage costs, but, uh, yeah, you would not be able to, uh, to, um, take down uh, a file nearly as easily. Right. Right. And do you think that the media servers, I guess they would have like much bigger, um, kind of storage and bandwidth kind of hosting costs. Uh, relative yeah. to say notes. Um, yeah. So do you think like, they would end up having, are, are there other risks or they have kind of similar risks, you know, in terms of hosting content that maybe in a jurisdiction is not, you know, uh, not approved, let's say. Yeah. I think in theory they have the same risks, but in practice it would be a lot harder. Uh, I run a little image server um, and uh, just for supporting Coracle use case. Um, and it's, uh, I, I manually... Uh, moderate it every so often. Mm -hmm. um, and I've only had to remove like three images. People are mostly, mostly obey what I request. Uh, but um, it's, it's not very fun uh, to moderate even yeah. that small of a volume. Um, at some point I want to do AI uh, powered image classification to lighten mm -hmm. the load a little bit. Um, but it's not like, it's not my bread and butter. So I might just, uh, uh, you know, jump, uh, jump over to Nostradot. Uh, build or something like that. Mm -hmm. So meaning you would, you within Coracle, you would push people to have their media hosted on Nostra.build? I would take care of that for them. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, that's a, a centralization vector. Um, 
you know, any, any time a client makes a decision on behalf of a user, um, it's, it's less, less power that, that the user uh, gets to wield in this case, I think it's worth it for the user experience. Um, mm -hmm. and currently since I use a custom server, uh, I've open sourced the server that accepts the images and it's really easy to self-host. So if you really want your image to be censorship resistant, you can put it on your own server and it's integrated with Coracle. You can go to settings and just enter a different Duffelpud URL and, uh, and then you have full control. So mm -hmm. how do you feel? Cause you're sort of touching on a point here around, you know, choices that as a client developer, you might make that are defaults for a user that may have some centralization aspect. Do you feel like you generally take a pretty hard line on, you know, fully decentralized, no risks there, or it sounds like you may sometimes compromise decentralization for some UX um, within your client, which again, of course, is the, the ecosystem doesn't necessarily create that kind of risk, but for a given client, are you kind of more accepting of some, uh, some of the trade-offs there? Yeah, kind of the, the main orientation of Coracle is to is to explore Noster and see if it's feasible. And so I try to avoid trading off uh, decentralization as much as I possibly can. Um, you know, I have a I have a swappable image server that's centralized and hosted. I have a hard-coded relay that is added to the relay selection when you uh, try to load a profile. So Pablo's um, purple pages. Um, mm -hmm. And then I have, I use rbr.io to, uh, to implement counts, uh, like follow counts. Mm -hmm. So those are the, the three places where I trade off um, decentralization. And they're like really minor use cases. And I hope that eventually um, the, the, the ecosystem will catch up to those things. Those are, those are not things that need to be centralized. Uh, it's just right. I wanted to provide the, the uh, um, oh, and I have a search. Uh, a search server hard coded. I think I use Noster.band for search as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, with um, but they're you know they're simple use cases. It's not that hard uh, to remove them later when there's wider support for those features. But I'd like to see wider support. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of you know I don't know if I'm like a weirdo here because I, I definitely you know love and appreciate the fact that the foundation is very pure and decentralized. But I'm also kind of always like, can't we compromise a little bit on one client to try one exploration path that doesn't really keep users captured, but helps maybe people onboard better. Cause I feel like maybe some of the bigger risk is people don't get connected to the right people. Like you mentioned with the search. And if you don't get connected to the right people, it's hard to have a great experience. If you don't have a great experience, you're going to abandon. If you don't have you know enough people kind of feeling welcome and connected at the party, then, you know, they won't, uh, they won't ever really get to experience what this kind of freedom is like. So, you know, I think, every, you know, everybody has a, sort of a different perspective on that, but I'm always sort of encouraging people because I, I don't think the end result of this is everything turns back into Twitter. I think, you know, the end result is if, if you know, one client is behaving badly, you can take your, you know, your followers and, and contacts and go to another client. So, um, but, but, but I wonder, like, does that sound like a, I don't know, how does that sound to your ear, given what you've sort of seen and heard from everybody? Is that a is that a really crazy position to take, or does that sound like something that people whisper about? <laughs> I think that's the realist position. Uh, that's just what's going to happen. Um, and you know, there are so many ways that decentralization can fail, uh, whether it's uh, latency or uh, a lack of coordination, uh, discoverability. Um, yeah, like decentralization is super hard. And so I think at the beginning, we need to be pretty principled about uh, about investing basically the research 
in order to discover the solutions for that. Uh, what I'd really like to see, uh, and hopefully all, all the Bitcoiners, I'm a Bitcoiner, uh, don't cancel me, <laughs> is to get, um, to get uh, old Ethereum, like hardcore Ethereum developers on board. I don't know anything about Ethereum because I'm a Bitcoin maxi. I'm a, I have a pure soul. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, a lot of people dabbled with, with Ethereum. And I have a friend yeah. of mine who told me about how they used to build dApps. And there was this routing layer where you would uh, discover the services that you want to uh, connect to. And then you would then connect to those services. And because of performance reasons, um, all the client devs uh, just connected directly to the services that they wanted to, to talk to. And so everything's centralized in, in a bunch yep. of, uh, in just a couple of uh, those central services. So having someone who's suffered through l learning those lessons uh, right. help us out would be awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, at this point, the only thing I can say is, is basically we need to try harder. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and I, I know like Will Kassarin, uh has, has said this a lot, like we need to fight for decentralization um, it's, it's not going to be easy until the incentives are aligned and the solutions are discovered. Um, like, I don't mind that things like primal exist. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I, it's not really what I'm interested in seeing. Um, and there is the risk that larger clients, so centralization has, uh, has a lot of benefits in terms of user experience. And even if it's a higher cost to run, uh, something like that. And so, onboarding people onto the best feeling clients results in uh, a, a high lock-in. So it's a very sticky place. Mm. People aren't, aren't mostly going to switch their clients to go somewhere else out of principle, just like they wouldn't join the network out of principle. And so you end up with, um, with a really nice client with a huge market share. And mm. um, that kind of gets you into the browser wars situation where you know, if Google Chrome adds a feature, that's part of the internet now. Right. Um, and everyone has to follow. So, yeah, I think we're going to have lots of browser wars dynamics. I'm not actually super optimistic about um, about Noster succeeding in, in as pure decentralization terms as we're talking about. I think it's ultimately going to turn out to be more of a interoperability layer for, for the internet, which is great. And, of course, it'll still support uh, decentralized uh, social media if, um, if that's what people actually want, mm -hmm. but, uh, we have to work really hard in order to actually achieve the vision that, um, that everyone's really excited about right now. Right. Do you think there are like natural, um, uh, maybe technology layers that, uh, could be built or should be built that may have some of those, uh, you know, they appear to be centralizing aspects, but they may actually be, as long as they're switchable, maybe they aren't problematic. So like, you know, I think algorithms is one that comes up a lot. Like if, you know, in a sense, the evil of the algorithm is when you don't control which algorithm you use. But if you have like, you know, a whole ton of competition among algorithms and transparency and what they do, and you can just pick your favorite, then it has some centralizing function that you're offered it in some sort of selection process. But, um, but the algorithm itself is still under your control. And if it's ever behaving badly or just, you know not doing what you want. You can always swap it out to something else. So how do you feel about sort of algorithms within that? Yeah, I think um, the the argument that this thing is swappable and so it's not a centralizing factor is a cop-out. Mm. Um, I think there's truth to it. Um, but again, like users are almost entirely concerned about convenience over any other uh, uh, consideration. So if anything is inconvenient, they're not going to do it. 
um, whether that's swapping a service, using a different client, um, it's basically the same thing. And so if, if we've got these defaults and users are, are onboarded there, they're just going to stay there. Um, mm-hmm. I, where I do think that argument holds water is if relays have that kind of routing function, um, relay operators are going to be much more interested in maintaining the de- decentralization of the network than end users are going to be, and they're going to know how to do it. Um, so if a relay operator is performing a routing function for a hundred thousand or a million users, uh, they can change the, um, the search engine say that they recommend or that mm-hmm. they use to fulfill the requests. And maybe there's like a thousand relays and maybe there's three search engines, right? right? Because a search engine is going to require full text search. It's going to require a bigger database of events. Um, yep. so they're, they're going to be more expensive to run. Uh, these little tiny relays can basically vote for a search engine and say, hey, this one is censoring. Uh, so they'll say, I'm going to choose search engine B instead. And then, you know, all the relay operators, they're always in groups together. So that message is going to spread very quickly through that like small social network. Mm-hmm. Maybe they all are members of a single relay runner relay. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, everyone leaves uh, relay uh, search provider A and moves to B or C. Um, it's kind of like how Bitcoin miner pools work, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, uh, some like slush pool, I guess, has a huge market share. And so that's sort of concerning for the centralization of uh, Bitcoin. Um, but it's not really that big of a thing because uh, miners can uh, swatch, uh, switch pools in a manner of minutes. So if, if slush pool starts uh, acting in a way that is not consistent with the miners' interests or the network's interests, um, there's plenty of watchdogs out there that'll tweet about it and Slushpool lose 30% of its uh, hash power in a day. So um, that's kind of how I see the the swapping argument working is I see. operators have to have that choice. So that routing layer sort of facilitates that. In, in the routing, just to make sure I understand, the routing is routing of notes from maybe a large publisher to the audience of that publisher, like to get to the the other relays that where the audience might be reading? Um, let's see. No, it's it's more of a matter of uh, recommendations. So um, routing in terms of like DNS, right? So if I ask for, if I ask my browser for google.com, my computer will go to the DNS servers that I've configured and say, mm-hmm. where is google.com? Well, I can change those DNS servers to my own server that I run. And then yep. my server can tell my browser, actually google.com is on your computer. Um, and then yep. my computer can try to fulfill the request and fail horribly. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of the routing function that I mean. When a when a client uh, wants to search for something, um, you know, ideally it would not know any search providers. It would go to all the relays that its user has configured and say, where do you think I should search? And the relays oh, I see. can kind of vote and say, uh, over here or over here. Um, and then the client can sort of decide which one to, to go for. So the, the routing layer is kind of route, routing from a relay to a kind of a suggested service. Maybe it's a search service or an algorithm or anything else, but kind of you're empowering, I guess, the relays to make that decision instead of the clients. Yeah. And I think that's exactly the right thing to do because uh, relays are naturally the, the nexus of trust because trust is distributed across relays. Like the whole inside of Noster is that having multiple relays that you uh, send your data to uh, takes power away from the relay. Um, so if you send it to yep. two relays, they each one has 50% of the power. If you send it to 10, each one has 10%. It's probably not actually like that. It's probably logarithmic or something like that. Sure, but, yeah. um, you know, you get the point. 
so our trust is fragmented across these different service providers. And so it doesn't make sense to re-centralize our trust in a search indexer that then tells you where the relays are to get the content. Turn mm -hmm. that around, ask the relays, and then they'll tell you, tell you where to search. I see. Right. And as long as you've got a bunch of different relays who are all competing to try to give you the best answer, presumably you'll configure them on or configure them off depending on who's, who's kind of behaving consistent with your ideals or your viewpoint. Yeah, that and then also uh, potentially relevance, right? So if I ask my private read, private write, uh, church community relay, where should I search for information? Um, hopefully they've configured a search index that knows about their private notes, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. It wouldn't make sense to say, yeah, use this giant provider, uh, they, but they don't have access to the content that I'm even looking for. So, Right, right. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I, I could imagine a ton of different ways that this works because you're, you haven't thought that much about the relays being such influential recommenders. I kind of, I had imagined a lot more, I guess, different, um, different client uh, styles than we have today. So usually, you know, you think about Twitter, there's sort of two algorithms, I guess, right? There's like the whatever trending and chronological. But I could imagine that you could have like 10 different ones there or an infinite number of different ones you could plug in there. And that becomes kind of like your app store for, uh, for uh, you know, algorithms. Um, and you can make them sticky or reprioritize them however you want. But it sounds like your concern with that approach would be that uh, the defaults would be just too commonly accepted or people wouldn't, wouldn't explore enough to, to try to figure out different ones they might choose. Possibly. I think... Um recommendation algorithms might be an exception to what I'm talking about. You know, search is pretty dumb. Uh, image hosting is pretty dumb, but uh, recommendations is a lot more opinionated and users are going to be more opinionated about which ones they choose. So having a relay recommend an algorithm for recommending content uh, actually makes a lot less sense to me. Uh, recommendation algorithms should be, should probably be a lot closer to the client. Um, since uh since the how well it it succeeds at its um its function is not is not a function of like the relay it's it's based on what the user is looking for so yeah i think i think recommendation algorithms are are actually fine to build in the clients i see so yeah maybe it depends on which some things live at the relay some things live at the client or maybe there's sort of different mixes that could emerge yeah yeah and um i wanted to talk a bit about uh kind of the coracle future because i think we talked a little bit about how you had this, um, was it kind of like a fellowship that you were working on Coracle full-time, was it in Austin? Yeah. Yeah. So just to like pick up where we left off yeah. an hour ago or something like yeah. that. Um, in November over Thanksgiving break, I just took the week off and uh, coded up a first version of Coracle. You can see it at, uh, I think, well, I can't remember. It's like v1.coracle.social maybe. It's just, uh, it's basically just a global feed. Um, mm -hmm. with uh, some settings. Uh, and then soon after that, uh, Jack Dorsey tweeted about it. Um, at the end of December, I applied to FUTO, F-U-T-O. It doesn't stand for anything. It's just uh, four letters that sound good together. Mm -hmm. um, and they actually got back to me in January and they said, yeah, come on down to Austin and uh, work work on this for three months. They gave me $20,000 and um, said, uh, are you up for moving to Austin? And I said, sure. Uh, so with 10 days notice, I took my, my wife and four kids to wow. Austin. It's a 1900 <laughs> mile drive. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, it was Amazing. super fun time. And there's a really strong Bitcoin community there. So I bet you already knew some people in town. 
Yeah, kind of. I I didn't succeed super well at getting plugged in with the Bitcoin community. Uh, the Futo is is like pretty aligned in terms of values, but is is a separate community across town. So I got over to the Bitcoin Commons a couple of times. I I went over to the uh, uh, Pleb Lab a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So I met a bunch of people, but yeah, I didn't spend a whole bunch of time there, unfortunately. And are, are the rest of the people in Futo, were they also working on NOSTA-related stuff or other kind of freedom technologies as a general idea? Yeah, freedom technologies is a good way to uh, put it. They want to break down the walled gardens, basically. So there's they've got like a video watching app that lets you select uh, existing video apps as a backend. Um, so you can watch from YouTube or Rumble or uh, Odyssey, uh, but from the same app. Um mm-hmm. And then there's a, a uh, there's actually a protocol someone's working on that's really similar to Noster, um, except it's better engineered. Uh, sorry, everyone. Uh, <laughs> it's called Polycentric. Um, it's it's really it's really nice. He uses like vector clocks to handle uh, conflict, uh, write conflicts. Um, uh, it's just got less adoption. So uh, you know, full speed ahead with Noster for me. But um, I think that's actually Polycentric is well worth looking at if you're a Noster dev. Um, it, there's a lot of good ideas there that maybe we could incorporate at some point in the future. Um, Is there any core core thing to kind of highlight or something that stands out that might be relevant to to people who are thinking about Nostra a lot? Not off the top of my head. It's just like it's it's uh, the guy who writes it is really really smart and um, he just makes a lot of really uh, intelligent uh, uh, technical applications. You know, like I'd never heard of a vector clock, so I wouldn't have used a vector clock. But um, he knew about it, and so mm. he uh, used it uh, in the appropriate location. Um, yeah, I, I haven't like delved into the architecture that much, so I should take my own advice too. Mm. Yeah, and with uh, with Futo, is there a charter or a goal with that program? Did you come out of it, and are you intending to turn it into a company or? or start a nonprofit or sort of just continue developing it on your own or what's sort of the next step? Yeah, it's pretty informal. Um, it was no strings attached except, uh, it needs to be open source. So, uh, Coracle's open source. Um, it was going to be open source anyway. And, uh, yeah, so that ended last Friday. Um, or I guess two Fridays ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I guess it'll be longer by the time this podcast goes out. Um, and so I'm soon. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm back to my regular job, but I'm hoping that I can uh, get something going with OpenSats. Um, I I looked at starting a uh, starting a business based on Noster. I actually talked to Max at uh, 1.2, mm-hmm. um, and what I've kind of concluded is that uh, there's not enough uh, there aren't enough people on Noster to really make a business out of it. Um, you know, eighteen thousand uh, week uh, weekly active users. Right. Uh, that's great. That's really good for the time period that we've been in. But, um, you know, how much do you have to monetize each of those users in order to make a living? Um, it's not insignificant. Uh, the unit economics just aren't there yet. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah. I, w- I was going to say, like, I, I would agree. I think there's probably not enough people to make a business today. But with a lot of technology businesses, I think it's um, it's kind of like you you can build something before it's you know big enough, and then by the time it's big enough, then the audience is showing up, and then you can sort of make make the business work a bit different, right? So you're kind of like over investing in the future potential, and then when that arrives, you're sort of the person in place instead of you know starting at that point when it when there's like a lot of competition. So 
you know, I wonder, do you think that that 18,000, we've been watching it, um, you know, kind of consistent. Do you think that, um, like, does that worry you? Or do you think that there's natural ways that that'll just grow over time as more products get built? Or how do you think about sort of the, the user numbers and what, what you'd hope or expect to see to be able to focus more full-time on it? Yeah, it, it kind of is what it is. I feel like, uh, I would obviously hope for more adoption. Um, but how that happens or whether that happens is, uh, basically just an accident of history at this point. Um, I think blue sky as a competitor is probably the most, uh, germane thing to whether Noster continues to grow. Um, so far I, uh, you know, I read, uh, Fiat Jaff's post about that, uh, earlier today. I think it's what blue sky is a scam or something. Yeah. Um, I, uh, he made a lot of good points that I didn't realize. I do remember reading the blue sky white paper, um, uh, six months ago. Um, and, and noticing what he pointed out about the, the did provider, uh, Mm -hmm. there's just a, there's just a centralized did provider and we haven't solved that problem, but we will someday. Uh, that's kind of when I stopped reading about blue sky, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was like, this is way too complicated and way, way too incomplete to, to bother with. Um, so did you see rebels response to the post? No, I don't think so. It was pretty good. He was kind of talking about the, um, you know, the cathedral versus the bazaar, kind of that idea and sort of blue sky is a little bit of the cathedral style of development. Noster is sort of the bazaar style development. Yeah, I think that makes complete sense. Uh, it really feels that way. I mean, Noster certainly is bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> bizarre, the bizarre, bizarre. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I've I've been playing around and trying to learn a little bit more about AT protocol and Blue Sky. Um, you know, Blue Sky. My my impression, and I'm actually curious to hear sort of what you may like or dislike about it. But my impression is that it's really close to Twitter. Like it hasn't really tried to innovate too much yet i think there's a bunch of theory or hypothesis around how it could be different but ultimately it's very very similar today uh you know sort of you know the beast guy i think uh you know i think it's called personal data server or something um is kind of like a big glob and there's this like big world big graph networking thing which again feels kind of like it's a centralizing server and and it, it it feels like nostr maybe in my view is like the opposite end of the spectrum of like crazy radical, like everything's just an atomic unit of a message. It's replicated wherever there's no reliability. Like it's kind of like a feature of the thing, you know, what, what, when, when things will be available or what, you know, when things would be consistent. Um, but, uh, but I think it's, it's almost like easier for me to see how you take those kind of radically different atomic building blocks and recompose them into something that like eventually feels a bit more normal for people versus taking something that starts feeling very normal and then sort of bit by bit kind of encourages enough energy to arrive that people want to build thing X and thing Y and thing Z on it. Um, you know, kind of the, the radical nature of it is kind of, I think what makes Noster fun and why there's so much developer attention and, you know, so many people, building so many things on it. So I wonder like, does that, is that framing consistent with your experience or do you have sort of a different way to look at the the kind of two? I have no idea. I think that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that, uh, before. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the DW, what is it? The, uh, personal web node stuff. Uh, that's kind of the approach that Zion 
was taking for a long time with uh, bootstrapping with the the Lightning Network. That idea has never made much sense to me. Um, it's uh, it, it's too much like Mastodon. You know, um, y- you don't. No one's going to run their own node. Um, if they do, it's going to be using a web uh, like a cloud service, um, and so they're all going to be essentially centralized anyway. Um, that it, it, I guess it goes back to that that problem I was talking about of of switching cost is if you ask every user to run to run a server or to choose a provider for a server, they're going to check the box and then never look back. Mm-hmm. So it's not a very promising architecture. Maybe it is in theory if you know your your uncle Jim runs your node for you, um, but you know r- storing your own data and maintaining your freedom of speech is pretty high stakes. Um, you know, I guess maybe higher stakes than than uh, having uh, financial sovereignty, like delegating your money to a Uncle Jim lightning node seems less bad to me um, because because money is more neutral. Uh, but, you know, personal data and content is is a lot less less neutral and mm-hmm. uh, more emotive. No one's looking at your lightning transactions, trying to figure out what you spent your money on and cancel you. That's, right. that's uh sociopathic behavior. Yeah. For now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think the architecture doesn't make a lot of sense from what I know of it. I, I really don't know that much. I read through the thing six months ago and, and, uh, never looked back. So yeah, I, I wouldn't claim to be an expert, but if I were to try to steel man the blue sky position, I think it might end up looking a little bit like the topic centric relay idea that you were suggesting earlier, which is, you know, maybe you're not mm-hmm. going to run your own but there's natural hubs where people would gather that all have something in common. And there's some amount of like expectation. It's not fully trusted, but it's like out of convenience, people all kind of choose to gather there. And like you could publish in other places too. Like you can publish on 10 relays, but there's one relay that's maybe all the people from your church, or maybe there's all the people from Austin, uh, you know, you know, maybe a a fellowship or program all choose to get together on that relay. And, and I, I wonder if really, you know, the, the Noster, the wildness, the atomic units of the messages will get recomposed into something that's a little bit like what Blue Sky is kind of aiming, or they're sort of doing it that top-down way, which which doesn't always sit right with me because it feels like it's, it's sort of designed before we know how it gets used, whereas relays, in a sense, are so simple. They haven't been, you know, they've, they've been designed to be so simple. But now we might recompose them or constitute them into something that looks kind of like the blue sky style. So I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to do my best. I, I think I'm like more, I, I, I get Noster more than I get blue sky, but I'm trying to keep an open mind because I, ultimately I don't, I don't really care if Noster wins or blue sky wins or something else. I, I care that the principles and the goals of these things make their way into people's hands in a big way. Um, but the specifics of the, yeah. you know, the, the, which protocol it is, I can have an opinion or a belief, but, <laughs> but ultimately I just want to see it work, you know? Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I mean, I could see a lot of ways that this could play out. We could share ideas between the two, two different protocols and learn from one another and then build two totally separate things, or maybe they'll merge into a single thing. Um, or, uh, you know, uh, I guess the thing that I'm really afraid of is uh, one or the other becoming a new centralized uh, uh, protocol or platform with all the same problems that we already have, uh, right. but marketing itself 
and capturing that mindshare for normal people. Right. Uh, and if if either of them, if either of the two is going to do that, it's going to be Blue Sky, um, right. because it's just it's better known. It's and like you said, it's more familiar. So that would be the worst case scenario: is no one wins because someone stole the uh, the decentralized uh, marketing term. Right. Um, but it seems like we've but, we've had uh, a lot of people. <laughs> proposing decentralized, you know, as a marketing term for many years, I've been playing with all kinds of yeah. tools that have never really caught my attention the way Nostr has. So I, you know, yeah. I think even if the marketing idea, you know, the marketing idea falls flat once people start, you, you see a lot of this already, I guess, on, on Blue Skies, a lot of people, you know, are, there is a certain, like, I don't know, they call it content moderation or censorship, you know, but, um, oh, was but it five, is... five management or something right. like that? <laughs> five management. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, if I think if that happens to maybe it maybe it's fine and during a beta period, but if that happens at any great extent, I mean, what do you have besides Twitter all over again, but just a smaller scale version of it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting the trade off between Twitter that and Mastodon that people have mentioned. Like the smaller a platform is, the more despotic power yeah. the yeah. administrators have. And so Blue Sky for that reason is way more centralized than Twitter right now. Mm -hmm. Uh so if you want to go decentralized um you're you're basically betting that blue sky will become more decentralized over time uh, mm -hmm. by joining there right now so it's not a solution at all today whereas nostr is actually a solution today um it's a cruddy solution but it's uh yeah. you know people are actually using it to, to get around censorship uh so yeah it's right. interesting i mean i i don't mind if i don't mind if blue sky wins i just i just want to win you know <laughs> yeah yeah and how do you think about sort of your go forward? Like you mentioned, you you aren't necessarily sure that you want to commit to working in the ecosystem full time, or you haven't found the right place to to invest your efforts full time yet. But would there be some, you know, some is it like a user count or certain sort of traction with certain applications that would make you say now it's time to go all in or to to kind of get conviction? What what would it take in your mind? Oh, I'm already all in. I, I don't I don't think I can build a business right now, at least not without a VC's help. I've pitched a few times to VCs, but I've never pitched before. And so my pitches are not really compelling yet. Um, so if if any VCs out there want to give me a second chance, uh, let mm -hmm. me know. Um, but I, I've already talked to my current uh, job and I'm quitting at the end of May and oh. I don't have a job lined up. Oh, wow. So, okay. so I, you're going uh, all in. I, I may be drowning by the end of June. Uh, I might eat all my savings, <laughs> eat all my Bitcoin, but um, yeah, no, I'm all in. Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, I mean, as as you're thinking through that, you know, it's certainly worth you know trading notes on you know what kinds of things you're excited about. I think one of the um, one of the, what I would think are some of the biggest opportunities or the best ways to focus is to find like a niche that's really underserved that is kind of newly emergent and that is not yet, you know, it's still like, there's a lot of questions about how it's going to play out. So some of the stuff we talked about around how our discovery service is going to work or some of these like media servers and stuff, that stuff in a sense, you know, a lot of people have built a lot of different clients. And so I don't know if a client pitch on its own is kind of a, you know, one that everybody's going to understand right away is very differentiated, right. but some of these other topics we've addressed, and I think, who is it? Uh, I think, uh, is it Melvin Carvalho had posted something about micro apps where he listed about eight or so different micro apps. It almost seems like each of those have 
the kind of potential that, you know, you get one of them right and you go very deep in a very specific area that you can really, you know, you can, you really develop a lot of depth in service of that ecosystem instead of, instead of trying to do like everything all at once, kind of, you know, from a kind of run the best client with the best servers and relays and stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah but I, I mean, I think, yeah, I agree. I, I think focus is where it's at. All, all those things are basically matters of execution. Um, you know, are you, are you making a really good micro app for the thing that you want and marketing it properly? Um, and, uh, and then, you know, same thing for, for server side stuff. Uh, what is, what is your search, uh, relay look like? Um, it does it, is it fast? Is it, is it good? Is it marketed properly? I think, I think marketing is a huge thing. Um, and there's, uh, there's actually an impressive amount of attention for a community of geeks, uh, to marketing. Um, I've seen some really nice websites mm -hmm. and, uh, some really good, like social media marketing. Um, I think people are doing a really good job with that. It, that's a weak point for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's nice that we have a lot of really well-rounded individuals in, in Noster, uh, we're really not just a bunch of nerds. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if some of the best marketing comes from being in the telegrams where there's the most activity around the thing you care about. Right. So I've, I've seen some people already make the transition from, I'd say, you know, building very much on their own and, um, and you're building really high quality stuff, but not being very plugged in. And then you sort of, you know, some you show up at Nostrica or, you know, you sort of meet people through telegrams. And then when you're gathered with people, then people understand like the people who have other pieces of the puzzle that you need. Maybe they have distribution through a client or a relay and the micro app you're building actually fits in there. It almost seems like that is, you know, the like being in the right telegram chats may be a stronger marketing vector than is obvious. And then having a nice website, nice, but ultimately if you're not connected to the people that you're building with, you know, you sort of, the best website in the world won't be noticed, but the ideas yeah. that flow through those people networks really matter. Yeah. I miss Nostrica and, uh, that's like the greatest regret, regret of my life. Uh, I had an expired passport, so mm. I couldn't make it, but oh, yeah. um, I'm going to Bitcoin 23, not to go to, to the Bitcoin conference, but just to go to the, uh, you know, like the karaoke night, basically. Oh, nice. You're going to go to the karaoke night. I love oh it. yeah. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to meet as many Nostriches as I possibly can. Uh, and have fun. That's good. That's what, that's what Nostra is all about. Apparently is just having fun. So, yeah, I, I'm so <laughs> sad that I can't make it, uh, cause I, I love karaoke too, but, um, but I guess Nostrasia, right. Is I think November. So I'm, I'm yeah. to hit that one. Yeah. I'm hoping to do that too. I've already bought my shirt. So uh, <laughs> Perfect. If, if all else fails, I have that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, so you get to the end of May and you're freed up from your full-time work. Do you think you're, you're going to how do you prioritize where to, where to focus? Like, do you do more stuff on the existing Coracle kind of product and service, or do you hack around with a bunch of other apps or connect with other people building things or how do you prioritize? I mean, you know, freedom of all of your time to, to contribute to, to Noster. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to give too much away, but, um, I want to build, uh, well, I want to try NDK. Uh, first of all, mm -hmm. that Pablo has been working on, I've, yeah. I've created my own infrastructure for, uh, writing a client and it's, it's, it's fine. It's a little snarled. Um, I, I don't think NDK is going to be a silver bullet, uh, yet at least, but, um, I'm going to build a micro app 
that is niche focused and uh, use NDK to do that uh, and learn that. I'd also like to contribute as well. So if I'm not happy with NDK, I would like to extract everything that I've done in Coracle out. So one one big piece that's missing and is and is kind of uh, contributed contributed to some controversy uh, over like NIP ninety four and stuff is um, content parsing. No one's written a library to parse text content in a in a consistent way. Uh, and there is this emerging standard coming out where it's like certain subset uh, subsets of Markdown. So like not links, definitely not links, but uh, bullet points uh, you could parse, um, maybe mm -hmm. code blocks because um, they're human readable still. Uh, but, you know, uh, BEC32 in, encoded entities, URL extraction, um, uh, media previews and all that kind of stuff. So having a library that's just focused on that, I, I'd like to... I have a parser. It's like a hundred lines. It's nothing fancy. It's actually kind of buggy, but refining that and releasing that so that other people can um, have a consistent uh, sort of presentation layer. Um, I don't think anyone's done anything like that. So that those are the small projects that I want to start out with. Um, once that's done, I have an idea for a business that could work um, even now without more Nostra adoption. Um, and so over the last couple months, I've been adding slowly, uh, white labeling features to Coracle. So right mm -hmm. now you can specify a color scheme, you can specify a header image, and you can specify a, uh, one or more relays that are hard coded. Um, and if you specify relays, it turns off all the relay, uh, oriented interface. And so what you can do with that is you can de deploy Coracle to your own server, um, and deploy your own relay. Uh, connect the two together, and there you go. You have your own private um, uh, private uh, community. Uh, you have your own uh, Noster intranet. Uh, not everything is done there. Um, so, like, um, I I don't know if any Relay implementations have... Well, I, I guess Nostream has a PubKey whitelist. So I have to connect the PubKey whitelist with, um, with uh, like, an invite code system uh, in order to onboard people. Uh, because, mm -hmm. you know, it's like a chicken and egg thing. You can't onboard someone if you don't have their pub key or, or you can't onboard someone if they don't have permission. You can't give them permission if they don't have your pub key or if you don't have their pub key. So um, solving that is is uh, one of the things I want to do. And that helps me actually like deploy it to my friends and family, uh, potentially. Although mm -hmm. the appetite there for Twitter, like private Twitter is like non-existent. Mm -hmm. So I might have to go a little farther before I can really make that happen. But um you know, the business case in mind with the uh, with white labeling Coracle, like you, you said that the one that, you know, the friends and family one may not be ready for it, but is the one that you think is ready for it? Yeah, well, uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about disrupting Slack recently, right? Mm -hmm. Slack and Microsoft Teams are kind of the incumbents and they're kind of clunky and boring. And uh, maybe it's time for new um, new solutions to come out. So if you can create uh, based on this open source Noster infrastructure, something where you have uh, you have a uh, like a platform as a service kind of thing where you say, here's like a hosted Noster, um, Noster, like closed Noster um, deployment or semi-closed. You know, maybe this relay is open, this relay is closed, and then people can select between the two of them um, and then add white labeling uh, features into other clients. So, yep. you know, create a white label level. Uh, Damas app, white labelable Amethyst. Then you can have your like corporate brand sitting on everything, um, all connected to the same relays. So, I, and and that's a neat, that's an interesting business idea because um, it doesn't rely on Noster 
uh, adoption at all. Uh, if Noster fails, uh, worst case scenario is you have kind of a clunky uh, implementation of this uh, centralized service. Um, but maybe you still have customers, uh, and mm -hmm. that's that's what matters for a business at the end of the day. So, right. I wonder when you start talking about Slack. I almost wonder is there a very simple version of that that's really just like a Telegram replacement? Because I know there's a lot of energy already for just like you know why why are we still having all of our Noster discussions on Telegram? Is there a yeah? If you're going to go after that, is there a simple slice of it maybe before going for all the different channels and enterprise features, but like a a simple version where you could be like the the Telegram replacement built on you know Noster native? It wouldn't be hard to do, um, especially if your relay is private. Uh, you've got privacy built in, so yeah, it wouldn't be that bad to to build something like that. Coracle has a chat feature. It's not very good. Uh, it's basically not been maintained since December, but uh, that's one of the things that people like most about Coracle, surprisingly, is that you can do group chat because pretty much everyone else has, has ignored that. I don't know why, uh, but that's my moat uh, right now. <laughs> um, well, I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's interesting because uh, it, if it already touches on a theme that you're excited about, like the broader Slack enterprise thing, um, if you, in, and I think it's really early to get a lot of developer attention and kind of ecosystem attention because everybody on Noster uses Telegram, right? So it's kind of a, a nice way to sort, like we were talking about, like in a sense, marketing an idea by being connected to the people who care about the idea and yeah. you know, get their buy-in on what features it should have or what kinds of trade-offs they're comfortable with, you know, relative to what you're, what you're thinking, you know, yeah, get that going and then that same infrastructure could become the Slack thing, right? Just more more features on top of that same infrastructure. Yeah. Do you know about Blowwater? I don't. What's Blowwater? It's a chat client. Um, I think it's the closest thing to, to this so far. Um, it's really nice. Uh, it's not all the way there. Sometimes it doesn't load metadata. It's blowwater.dino.dev, D-E-N-O. Um, I, I think it's really good. I, I would really, what I'd really like to do is to like just link the chat item in Coracle to Blowwater when, whenever it's ready. Um, and get rid of my chat, uh, stuff. I'm hesitant to do that cause I know people like it, but, uh, eventually I'd like to, you know, Im maybe even embed that as a micro app, you know? Yeah. I mean, it seems like chat is something that everybody wants and nobody really focuses on. So I think you're right that it's, it feels like it has kind of a micro app opportunity to, for somebody to do it well. And I think it does have, you know, it, it's kind of inconsistent in a sense with the goals of Noster is so much yeah. about you know, about reducing the ability to suppress speech and like private chat is not that, but maybe, maybe that actually creates the opportunity because if you want to focus on that and it has different types of relays and these private things, maybe there's some default paid component, but it's so focused and everybody wants it. Everybody just plug your stuff in and, you know, you can get a lot of, uh, a lot of early adoption from just being like a really good version of this really important thing that nobody else is focused on. Yeah. That's kind of how I sell it to myself is like, well, great. Yeah, I'm creating a private centralized service. Good. Um, but it's interoperable. So at right. any point when Nostra takes off, you can just say, hey, you know what? You can press this button and you can talk the, to the entire internet um, through the same exact client that's branded. Uh, or you could partner with another company for like some project that you guys are collaborating on and then uh, create a, a disposable relay for that project that you talk over and then you just throw away the infrastructure when you're done. I think there's a lot of ways that, 
you could sort of um, introduce people to Noster using this centralized thing. So you get the concepts of relays and pub keys uh, out of the way and introduce people to those in a, in a situation that they're comfortable with. And then you say, well, uh, you know, you can use these the same identity for, uh, you know, your, your public social media. Um, yeah. It touches on the theme that you were talking about trying to onboard people to a more Facebook like experience mm -hmm. in a sense, a simple chat experience is kind of Facebook groups like in many ways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've already seen this, this vision start to happen. Uh, there are two clients out there that are based on Coracle, uh, forks already. There's uh nosterkid.com, I think. And then uh, I can't remember the name of the other one, but it's, it's the, uh, topic browsing, uh, client. Um, I think most people have a dark theme and the dark theme is broken. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, maybe, you know what I'm talking about, but, uh, I know it's exciting to see my work already, theme. like sort of spiral out of my control. It's awesome. <laughs> what's the, what's the dark theme problem? Just that everybody's, oh yeah. Everybody so chooses to make it dark. Uh, I think people's system defaults are often dark. Uh, but for whatever reason, the, the default for me and, if, and some other people was dark rather than the light theme, they probably define the light theme in the environment variables mm. and then, uh, everyone's loading it and it's like black on black text I see. <laughs> or black text <laughs> on black background. Right. <laughs> Full cypherpunk. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's easy enough to fix. Right. Right. That's cool. That's cool. And then, um, I know I was looking at your, uh, your discussion and some of your blog, you were talking about the source control idea that that was one that at least you've kind of tumbled around in your mind. Is that something that you think about working on full time or is that uh, sort of still in definition phase in your mind? Like the, the get bounty. Yep. Yeah. I think what I said on that blog post, was that the first one that I, I put out there? Uh, it was one of them where you were talking about not trying to be the centralized repository of code, but kind of more the messaging around, you know, raising, you know, PRs and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that blog post was about the cap theorem, which is uh, kind of one way to talk about databases. You've got consistency, availability, and partition tolerance. And what Nostr doesn't have is consistency, but you can add consistency by, uh, by removing, um, by trading off the other capabilities and basically say, I'm only going to talk to this one relay. Now you get consistency. That's good. Um, you lose everything else. So the, there's these trade-offs and for, for things other than broadcast social media, consistency is more or less, uh, is more or less a requirement, um, mm -hmm. for, I could see a lack of consistency being a problem for, uh, like collaborative work sort of situations where you need, um, a high level of clarity and a low level of latency. Um, so like, I'm sure you've experienced direct messages on Noster just sometimes not happening. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, direct messages is that sort of situation where, uh, where consistency is required, um, or if not required, then, uh, highly desired. So may maybe in the future you would choose a single relay, uh, you'd broker with, or you, you kind of negotiate with the person you're talking to, to say like, let's have our conversation here and here. Mm -hmm. rather than just like spraying your messages and hoping there's an intersection of online relays that you both talk to. Um, so yeah, for the, for the Git GitHub replacement, um, that's not something I'm really interested in working on. It's, uh, it, it, in, in my opinion, I think it's a fool's errand. Uh, I think the, the non-social stuff that Pablo is working on is are really interesting. Highlighter is 
really neat. And uh, I love the, I think zapit.live is the other site. Right. That stuff yeah. is awesome. And, and it's, it's really cool because it's, it is essentially social, but it's not social in the way that we think about it. So right. I, I think the low consistency uh, broadcast kind of social, um, social niche is where uh, Nostra excels. And uh, stepping outside of that is kind of using a, uh, using a hammer when you want to drill a screw in. Yep. 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 Well, I mean, I, I like your observation though, that, uh, you know, some of these other types of tools make it keep people comfortable with this identity system. And then they can really easily plug their identity system in to kind of the, you know, kind of the feed centric system. So obviously lots of, lots of trade-offs and, <laughs> and stuff, uh, you know, to, to consider, but, um, yeah, but yeah it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun ecosystem. So it is. And it sounds like you're in a lot of transition right now, so it'll be fun. You know, we should keep in touch and I want to hear more about as you're thinking through what you're working on and stuff, keep, uh, keep me in the loop. Cause uh, yeah. I, yeah. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention open sats. Uh, oh yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's what I really hope, uh, I can get a, get a hold of. Um, I submitted my application, I think in January. So they have a really old version of my application. I'm just working out part-time. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, so I've, I've freshened that up, but, um, uh, hopefully that pans out. Uh, so you submitted a new version. Yeah. I submitted a new application to open sets. So with $5 million to go around, I, I hope, uh, maybe I can get a part of that. Yeah. That would solve a lot of my problems. <laughs> have they talked much about what the kind of, uh, distribution criteria or funding criteria is for the, the open sets project? I think they're still figuring that out. Uh, sounds like they're maybe a little bit behind the ball and, uh, like they've got a whole giant flood of applications, which is not surprising. Right. That's cool. But yeah, it's, I think as you're sort of, um, you know, going, going in full time, I think there'll be, uh, you know, you'll be learning a lot, a lot of things a lot faster, uh, than when you're just doing part-time. So it'll yeah. be fun to, to stay in touch and uh, keep hearing about kind of your updates and your thinking and how it's going. Yeah, for sure. We'll do. Cool. Well, this has been fun. Thanks for taking the time to spend with me. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I really appreciate your questions. I think you're an awesome interviewer. So oh, I really enjoyed so talking.